have you done a grocery run lately? Um, <laughs> I went to Jewel Osco yesterday because we had to get a couple items that we're, we're running short on. And um, it is just a really awkward, tense, and anxious experience. I don't know about you guys. And so I go there, I try to find a time where there's going to be the least amount of people there. And sure enough, that's when everyone else is there. Um, and, you know, I got my mask on, you know, and sanitizing my hands. And, 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 you, and you walk into the grocery store and it just feels really, really tense. Because you, 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 you and everyone else there doesn't know who has COVID. You don't know what grocery items have COVID on them, you know, and you're just kind of looking at each other, you know, trying to make sure there's six feet between you and the other shoppers. And it almost feels like an old Western movie, you know, like there might as well be like tumbleweed rolling across the aisles, you know, and, 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 and you just feel almost a sense of anxiety and almost shame. You just don't know what's exactly going on. It's all very confusing. And this experience of anxiety, going out, anxiety, and wondering what people are thinking, and you don't even know what's going on, those, are, those might have been feelings that many of us, to some extent, have felt even prior to the pandemic, where you've gone out or you're, you don't even want to go to a gathering of people because you feel a sense of anxiety coming from shame or just the unknown or your fears or whatever battles you're struggling internally. You don't even want to go to a crowd of people. You want to keep your distance. You want to socially distance yourself from people. So this might not be a new experience for many of us to a certain extent. Well, today I want to talk about a woman in in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, where she also was trying to keep herself away from crowds. She had anxiety stepping out of her home out of fear. Not because of a pandemic, but because of what people will think of her. And so she didn't want to go outside. She wanted to socially distance herself from people. And guess what? In her isolation, this is exactly where Jesus wants to meet her. And I want, I want all of us, those who are listening at home today, to be able to ask ourselves, in what way does Jesus want to meet me in my isolation? How does Jesus want to meet me in whatever that's keeping me in fear, in anxiety, that's keeping me in isolation? And we're about to see this here in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 4, where Jesus does exactly that. So check this out. There's so much here. Look at verse 3. Jesus, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. Okay, so from one region to another region in Israel. And get, get this in verse 4. This is huge. And he had to pass through Samaria. This is so absolutely, incredibly profound. It says he had to pass through Samaria. So check this out. So from Galilee, Judea, he has to pass through Samaria. And so Samaria is right here in the center. Okay? And so this is the part of the nation that the Jews didn't want to go through. But there were three separate routes that you could take. Usually you could flank it or you could go pass right through it, which is the shortest distance, right? A to B, shortest distance, one line. But the Jews decided historically not to do that because they had all these problems. They had a, To use modern-day vernacular, they had a lot of beef with the Samaritans. And so they didn't want to do that. But Jesus decides, I have to go through Samaria. 
And whenever that word in Greek shows up, that, that God has to do something, something must be done, it's because God has determined, according to his absolute wisdom and love, that this is the best way to bring redemption to people and to bring them into relationship with himself. So, he says, I have to pass through this, this area. And what we see next in the account is that he has to meet with this woman who, who, who tries to stay away from crowds, who keeps herself in self-isolation, who doesn't want to step out of the house. And he has to meet with this woman of Samaria. This is amazing. This is how, how committed God is to meet with us in our isolation, in our shame, in our fears, in our anxiety, in our guilt. God wants to meet us right there. And nothing is going to stop him. Nothing is going to stop him from getting to that place. And so what I want us to realize is that could it be, that could it be that during this time uh, of your self-isolation, that God is committed to meeting with you? And here's the thing. God, he has every right to socially distance himself from us. Not because he's scared of getting sick or anything from us, but because he's holy, holy, holy. He's primarily holy, holy, holy. Throughout the scriptures, God that talks about God, so much so that if we were to even enter into his presence, we would die. We would self-disintegrate because he's that holy and we're that unholy. God has every right to keep his distance from us, but what we see here is that through Christ, he took on flesh and he bridged the gap between heaven and earth and he came to us to walk alongside us and to do life with us literally forever. That's how committed he is. He passed through our Samaria. And so could it be that today, as you are there in your isolation, in your fears, in your anxieties, in your frustrations, in your confusions, that Jesus is actually trying to meet with you right there? Now here's the thing. Many of us, all of us, dare I say, we, like this woman, are hiding in our shame. That, that picture of us, like, in our, in our lockdown, in our pandemic, you know, trying to protect ourselves from suffering, that actually is actually a, a, a picture, an object lesson, if you will, of how we are towards God. We actually, in our shame, because of our guilt, because of all the things we've done, because of all the things we struggle with, because of all the things that we're, we're confused and anxious about, we don't want to actually go near Jesus, as much as we may, you know, give lip service to that, we actually don't want to go forward to him with all that we are and confess all that we are and ask him for help with all the struggles we actually have. We'd rather hide in shame. We don't want to do business with Jesus. We'd rather hide in shame. And now here's the thing. You might be saying, well, you know what, Pastor Jim, what are you talking about? I don't hide in shame. I'm actually very extroverted. I love going out. I love, you know, going to church. I love doing all of that. But here's the thing. Many of us not only hide in isolation, but we hide through distractions. What do I mean? The pain of shame that we get, that we perceive, or, or whether it's real, you know, whether from God or from people because of things we've done, that is, you know, rightly placed shame, where because of guilt, instead of dealing with that before God, We'd rather distract ourselves with other things that keep our mind away from the shame. Specifically, we'll try to add worth to ourselves by chasing things, attaining things, experiencing things, and to let everybody know and to distract them from who we actually are. And so we, just like in the Garden of Eden, we put on those fig leaves, our fig leaf armor, and we create this false self for people to distract people from who we actually are. 
And we try to put on this front, this facade, and to tell them, look, I'm great, I'm lovable, I'm worthy, I have worth. So that people will accept and affirm us and not see the shame that's really there, which we all struggle with, you're not alone. And we hide through our distractions. And we hide from people by telling them, hey, 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 don't look at who I really am, but look at this. Look at what I'm doing, all the good I'm doing, all the good life I'm living. This is who I really am, but we know that's not true. And so essentially we try to save ourselves from shame in isolation or through distraction. We're no different from the Samaritan woman. Okay? And now here's the thing. The impact of unresolved shame only grows stronger in isolation. The impact of unresolved shame only grows stronger in isolation. Statistically, um, there's studies that have been shown that uh, when shame is unresolved, it, it, it leads to addiction, depression, violence, aggression, bullying, suicide, eating disorders, you name it. All these symptomatic sins that we try to kind of behaviorally manage, it's actually a guilt and shame problem that's not resolved before God. The only one who can actually take that away. And Jesus went through Samaria to specifically to meet with this woman and to take that guilt and shame away. To reveal his glory to her and to set her free. And so, what I want us to understand is that Jesus, he wants to heal us on the inside and vertically and horizontally. He wants to give us a three-dimensional healing, if you will. Three-dimensional. Many of us are trying to, again, behaviorally manage. No, no, no. Jesus actually wants to really free us. He sees past the facade. He, 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 he sees you in your isolation and he sees past the distractions. And he sees the real struggle that's going on in the inside. And he wants to take care of that guilt and the shame. And so check what he does here. In verse 5 through 7. So he, Jesus, came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Think about how cool this is, guys. Jesus walking, right? Judea, Galilee, passing through Samaria, you know, walking thousands of steps. He had a plan to meet with this woman. And he's sitting there at the sixth hour. He's sitting there. This woman has no idea. What does it say? At the sixth hour, this is where she goes. Why is this important? The sixth hour, actually, that's biblical language for noon, 12 o'clock. Because the day started at 6 a.m. So six hours from there is 12 o'clock at noon. And here's the hottest part of the, time, hottest part of the day. Okay, right now it's the fifth hour. Uh, at the sixth hour was the hottest part of the day in Israel. And what did this mean? Is that the women, most of the time, would not go to draw water. Would not run this grocery errand, if you will, at noon. They would do that in the morning or at the evening. Because it was cooler to go do that errand. Okay. And so this woman decides to go at noon at the hottest part of the day when hardly anyone will be there. Just like us during the pandemic when we're trying to figure out the best time to go to the grocery store so we can avoid people. 
She figured out the best time to go fetch her water, to go run her errand to get water at the well. And it was 12 o'clock. And so she goes there thinking she's going to be alone so that she can, she can hide in her shame. No one has to look at her and know, oh, she's the woman who's, who's had five failed relationships and now is living with someone whom she's not married to. We're about to see that in a couple of weeks. So she goes there, 12 o'clock, thinking she's alone. But Jesus is actually sitting there the whole time. This is the same Jesus in our lives. To put it simply, Jesus is always a thousand steps ahead of you. Jesus is a thousand steps ahead of you, specifically to meet with you. You know, we in our pride think that we're kind of leading and living life according to our own schedule and we're determining, you know, our plans, all the things we want to do. But Jesus is actually a thousand steps ahead of us and he's trying to meet with us specifically in our shame where we've been hiding in isolation and secrecy and isolation. He wants to meet us right there. Just when we thought we could run from all that, we can hide behind all these things. He's right there. He's been sitting there the whole time, and he wants to initiate this conversation and do business, but we don't want to. And so I want us to ask ourselves, could it be that today, right now, in May 2020, during this lockdown pandemic, in our isolation, that Jesus has been sitting there. He is a thousand steps ahead of you, and he's planned this moment to meet with you in your shame and to set you free in, only, in a way that only he can. None of this false self stuff that we've been hiding behind is working. Matter of fact, during this pandemic lockdown, all of that is, is unveiling that, the futility of our escapes. And so I want us to realize, hey, let's even look back at our lives and go, man, I could see Jesus. He was clearly ahead of me. He was clearly at these signposts where he was revealing himself, and I didn't even know it. I was definitely not planning for it. And maybe even today, Jesus is meeting me right now. Even right now in my home, I didn't even meet for it. I just kind of woke up, ate some breakfast, and I just kind of went on Facebook, and boom, and here I am. Could it be that Jesus is trying to meet with you? Well, he was a thousand steps ahead of you. And he wants to. There's the same God yesterday, today, forever. You know, I just want to close with this story. You know, uh, just this earlier this week, this past week, um, I ended up taking two pastoral calls. And it was insane because both of them happened to be uh, uh, situations where the people were in just really, really, um, they were just really hurting and a lot of pain. And I was just kind of listening to their story and both of them, what they could see as they looked back, they could see God leading them to this moment to meet with them right now in their pain and in their shame. To love them as they are, but not to leave them as they are. This is the same Jesus who wants to meet with you right now. See him sitting there at the well, wanting to initiate this conversation with you. He's the only one that can, that can take care of that guilt and that shame and to set you free. And we're going to see that in a couple of weeks from now, how that happens with this, mo- with this woman. But for today, just pause and reflect and go, man, could it be that in my isolation right now and in all my hiding, that Jesus wants to meet me there right there, 
even as I am, to forgive me at the cross and to show his unmatchable, surpassingly greater glory, greater than anything in this fading world. He proved himself in the resurrection. He lives forever and he says, I want to spend forever with you. Close that social distance between us. And he says he wants to heal you, he wants to free you in a way that nothing and no one else can. We've tried and we tried, we failed and we failed and we're restless and we're hiding. We've put up that false self. It's time to let that down and see him. He's a thousand steps ahead of you. He wants to set you free. He wants to get to the heart of the matter. Let's do that right now. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we... Uh, just come before you right now, and Lord, we just want to envision you sitting right there at the well that we've been going to, whatever that well that may be, whatever it is that we've looked to as a temporal, immediate comfort, whatever ways in which we've been hiding or trying to find relief, and we just confess today, Lord, it hasn't been working. The shame and guilt in my life that I, I haven't resolved before you and, and made right before others. God, it's, it's wreaking havoc in my life. And I need to be set free. It's so tiring putting up this false self. It's so tiring being in spiritual isolation from you, from others. I want to encounter you, Jesus. The one who walked a thousand steps to get to me even before I knew it. Who made his way to that cross at the intersection of my guilt and shame, my death, to set me free and to give me life, life to the full, life everlasting, to give me hope, to give me joy, to give me freedom, to get lost in your glory. And to God, Cleanse us, fill us anew with your presence. Only you can take away the shame and the power of the shame over our lives. Set us free, God. We worship you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.